This week on Right Now, I'm joined by funeral director John O'Looney. He tells us about what he's been seeing in his funeral home over the last few months. It's an explosive conversation. To watch the full interview and all our other guests, such as David Icke, climate expert Professor Nir Shaviv, plus Naz and Vicky from the BBC's hit piece documentary Unvaccinated, simply click onto iconic.com and start a free seven-day trial. Hello and welcome to Right Now. The naked and confused Emperor Joe Biden has gone down with the vid again. I hope he's got one of those loyalty cards because if he tests positive again, he's eligible for a free wedge salad at Wendy's. Labour Party leader Keir Starmer, he completed his a while ago, but the restaurant was closed before he could get his welder's mask off. Poor bloke. It feels like someone wants Biden out of the way and off of our TV screens, and I'm not surprised, to be honest. Every time I see him speak, it normally ends with me looking around the room going, what have I just watched? In a speech this week, he looked like someone who was being used as a ventriloquist dummy, but without having given consent or having even been forewarned that there was an arm about to go up him. The average person blinks between 15 and 20 times a minute. Joe managed six blinks in the full 11-minute speech. I'm getting dry eyes just thinking about that. Some people have claimed the video is a deep fake, and it may well be. The text certainly exists, and it's said that one glaring flaw of deepfakes is the lack of blinking, but I don't know or claim to. I also don't care, to be honest. Joe may as well be a computer generation anyway. He's not reading his own words, he's not promoting his own policies, or running the country in any way whatsoever. In fact, I don't really know what Joe Biden is, and I doubt Joe does either. Something almost sad about it, really, because it feels intentional. There's 330 million people in America. I'm sure they could have found anyone to sit in the role of president, take a nice paycheck, decent book deal at the end of it, and simply do as they're told for the four or eight years that they're required to fill that seat. But by having someone who's so clearly in mental and physical decline, it almost feels like trolling. It's stripping America and its people of their dignity and self-respect. It's just a thought. On the show this week, we're joined by British funeral director John O'Looney. We'll be talking to Vicky and Naz of BBC Unvaccinated fame. And my dad, David Icke, will be in the studio to talk about his brand new book, The Trap. I'm joined now in the Right Now studio by my dad, David. He's been spending a lot more time up in Derby filming, so we're glad to be able to have him join us. Even after researching and writing for over 30 years, there's always new things to uncover and with them more questions to be answered. In his new book, The Trap, which was released today, he seeks to answer the biggest one of all. What is this reality and what am I doing here? Dad, can you tell us about The Trap? Yeah, you know, one of the uh, big mistakes that people can make if they're researching this whole scenario of life is to reach a point where they think they've got it. Uh, because when you think that, according to mainstream science, visual, uh, visible light, which is the only frequency band that we can see, is um, a smear, a smear of the electromagnetic spectrum, which itself is only 0.005% of what is said to exist in forms of energy and um, in all its characteristics and expressions in the universe. So humans are basically blind. So when you, when you come from that perspective, you know that whatever you think you know at any point, there's always more to know. 
So I've been on a, a journey now of uh, 32 years, going deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole. And of course, um, it's now well established that what I uncovered about the world of the scene and the agenda of the world of the scene was actually true. Uh, and then um, after I started to establish that, the names, dates, places, secret society, networks, global cults. My question was, well, when did it start? Because it obviously wasn't five years ago or even 50 years ago. It started what we call way back in our perception of time. And uh, it got back to Babylon and Sumer in what is now um, Iraq and ancient Egypt and uh, the ancient cultures around the world. And you see a, a cult that has expanded its reach um, overwhelmingly out of the Middle East into a global phenomenon it is today. So then the next question was, so what's the force that has coordinated that? People come in, they, they're born, they die, they play a part in advancing this cult agenda for ultimately global control. Um, and then other people come in and they replace them and they carry it on. So there has to be, it seemed to me, a coordinating force that has, has spanned that whole period. And that's when I went in to great ridicule to the fact that ultimately this global cult that is so imposing itself on the world now, ultimately is not human. Uh, and then coming to the trap, uh, I, I thought, well, hold on a minute. Um, what is this reality? And around the turn of the millennium, I, I got this overwhelming feeling that we live in a simulation. It's the equivalent, a very advanced equivalent, of a virtual reality computer game. And at that time, there was only one other person. He was uh, a guy called Bostrom, Nick Bostrom at Oxford University, who was talking about the fact that this is possibly a simulation. He didn't see it in the same terms I did, but at least he was open to the fact that this was a simulated reality. And I said in the, um, at the time, that this is a simulation and the limits of the simulation on the level that we experience it is the speed of light. The speed of light is not actually the fastest speed. I mean, please, it's pedestrian compared with what's possible. But it's the limit of this reality, this simulation. Thus, it appears to be the fastest speed within the simulation. So it creates a wall, basically. Yeah, exactly. As it, as, as you, as, um, all these years later, um, in the uh, spring of 2021, appears an article in Scientific American, which said um, from an academic scientist guy, that he'd concluded that we live in a simulation and that the limits of the simulation are the speed of light. And what he related quite rightly, I suggest, the speed of light too, was the processing speed of the simulation. Right. And as he pointed out, and I pointed out a long time earlier, um, if you create a virtual reality uh, game, 
you write the codes that are actually the laws of the game. What's possible, what's not possible, how it works. Yeah. Now, what do we call them? The laws of physics. So, uh, the laws of physics are actually just the rules of the simulation. Right. And that's why they appear to be so um, limiting. So, the next uh, um, question was, why does consciousness, souls, whatever you want to call them, keep coming into this bloody simulation and taking all this shite? No, you know, so many people don't seem very happy, do they? No, not at all. And so I, I looked at reincarnation um, and two things. First of all, the evidence for it is overwhelming. You know, people might say, oh, no, it, it's overwhelming if people want to look at it. And secondly, on the basis of what we're told to believe about reincarnation, not least by the religions of the East and the New Age movement, etc., is that we keep coming back to learn lessons. Right? Well, hold on a minute. According to mainstream science, compared with the size of the universe, planet Earth is the equivalent of a billionth of a pinhead. Right? So, we're being asked to believe that we keep having to reincarnate onto a billionth of a pinhead to learn lessons, to evolve to the point where we no longer have to keep doing it. This is the whole basis of reincarnation. Um, but they're lessons you never remember. That's exactly the point, you see. Because if you're learning lessons, lessons add to memories of lessons learned. But people come in again and it's basically a blank sheet of paper. Yeah. And any impact that previous quote lives have had is coming from the subconscious. It's not conscious. I mean people will say, oh yeah, this happened to me when I was so and so in this kind of era. It's all subconscious emotional um, impact. Consciously you don't remember them. One or two people do, for a, often for a short time, but uh, when they're kids, but overwhelmingly we don't. So my question then was, why do we keep doing it? And then I had another question. When, uh, you know, psychics, they're tuning into uh, loved ones, past loved ones. Uh, okay, and I've, I, I've studied this at, at great length. I've watched so many psychics at work, and I'm not knocking them, I'm not knocking these esoteric arts. I, I think they, they have a massive part to play when they're, they're done properly and understood. But, um, you get, um, I'm getting a Mary. Uh, any, anyone know a Mary? And, and they're saying this, they're saying that, people say, oh my God, yeah, that's my dad, right? I remember one where um, there's, there's this psychic guy with, with an audience, and he, he was saying this, um, yeah, the, the, the spirit is saying that he was sitting on the TV, he, he was sitting on the sofa watching the TV with you all, and suddenly he just fell forward and died. Oh, yes, absolutely, we were watching telly and he, he died, you know, okay. So, they're getting something that is accurate. But my question for a long time has been, why the hell, when these spirits are communicating, don't they say, oh, and by the way, you're being shafted. Yeah. This is an illusion. You, th th this world is being manipulated. It's not like you think it is. Never hear that, do you? No. And also, if you're, you're reincarnating, what, what is Mary still doing there? Yeah. Why is she not back? <laughs> but see, there's, there's all these questions. 
So my point is, the idea that you reincarnate onto this billionth of a pinhead to learn lessons, uh, so that you reach a point of, quote, enlightenment where you can no longer have to do it, is fricking insane. But the evidence for reincarnation is, is, is massive. So, how about that the simulation doesn't end with the world of the scene, with invisible light? That's just the, what we're experiencing. What if other levels that we call the spirit world are other levels of the simulation? And that actually we're caught in the trap, trap where you leave the body and you believe that you've entered um, the spirit world when you've entered another level of the simulation. And I, for the book, I looked at a lot of um, where people have been taken back by uh, hypnosis to what they call the between life state, where they're pulling out of the subconscious memories of what happens in the between life state, right? Between human life state. And the common themes are ever so compelling. They really are. And one of them is this. It's a hierarchical um, prison. It just, it's a spiritual hierarchical prison. And people talk about, they go to, to, to basically to school to, to learn more lessons. What? That um, they have to go before, quote, elders to discuss their life on earth and what lessons they have to learn and all that stuff. And I'm thinking this is, well, you know, for a family audience, but you know what I mean. Um, this is nonsense. It's another trap. It's another um, hierarchical um, entrapment. And uh, so I started to go along this, uh, this road. And as I t say in the book, amazing things happened to me um, in the last two years, which pushed me in this direction. And uh, we are in a... We are in a reality where we are being recycled out into the other levels of the simulation we call the spirit world and then back in. And when you look at ancient accounts and esoteric um, beliefs of going way back, you find a common theme. I, I love these common themes that you can pick up when you do that. And that is that this is a, this is a trap and that there is something in, there's an esoteric concept of something called the ring pass knot. And that's a point where unless you reach a certain level of awareness, thus uh, expansion of frequency, you can't get through this ring pass knot, which is like a, you can see it as the, the, out, the, out, the outer um, level of a bubble. And so you have to learn lessons to reach a point of enlightenment so you don't have to keep recycling. Well, that's getting through the ring past knot, in my view, or, or what, what, what's called that. And, um, but the idea, of course, is within the trap is that you keep coming in to a manipulated reality 
And the impact of that manipulated reality, not least the manipulation of your emotions and your, your, your sense of worth, your sense of self, your sense of possibility, you're constantly held in a low vibrational state, which means when you leave the body, this reality, you're still not in a high enough vibrational state to get the fucking out of it, right? And um, so, uh, for me, um, it's the understanding that what we call the spirit world is another trap, and the real reality, infinite reality, if you like, is beyond that. And to get there, you have to get to a, a level of frequency that can get the hell out of it. See, that's, that's spirit level of, of the simulation also plays a huge part in, in this level because so many people live their lives, or rather don't, in fear of what happens when they die. A lot of people, obviously, that follow organized religion, well, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, otherwise this is going to happen when I die. And the other thing you hear a lot, um, and, and obviously you, you talk about it, which is why I'm asking, um, in terms of near-death experience and stuff like that, they talk about going to the light. So it's kind of almost put into our subconscious that if I was to, heaven forbid, have an accident today and, and pass away, I would, I'm almost programmed to want to walk towards that light because that's what I'm told. But you're saying that's not the thing to do. Yeah, well, uh, well what, what people choose to do is their, is their business. But um, I, I certainly won't be going to the light when I, um, when I leave this body. And I do explore in the book what that light really is. And, you know, um, I, I also go into, um, in su some depth, the fact that, um, you know, what, to, to understand the world of the scene, this tiny band of frequency we call visible light, you've got to understand the world of the unseen. And, you know, people talk about other dimensions, okay. And that concept gives you the feeling that, oh, other dimensions, they're like way out there. Well, in frequency terms, the, 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 the more expanded of them are way out there compared with this frequency band here. But other dimensions, they bleed into this reality. You know, the, the, the whole spiritual arena is full of stories about what they call the, the astral, the astral dimension, which is very, very close to this one. In fact, fuses into it. Uh, and the lower astral, what I call the lower fourth dimension, lower astral, is the world of demonic entities. It's the world of demonic consciousness. It's the world of what we call evil, which is, in my definition, the absence of love. And so um, the, the more you, you kind of understand the world of the unseen, then you start to realize who the Klaus Schwabs and the Bill Gateses and the Anthony Fauci's and the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds really are. Do you think they They're expressions that? of this demonic force in the, in the lower levels of the fourth dimension, astral dimension, whatever you want to call it, which actually um, fuses in to this reality. And when they do the satanic rituals and they, uh, they do their rituals to their gods, who, who are these gods? They're, they're, they are these lower astral entities which ultimately are manipulating this reality. And because these entities are in a very low frequency state themselves in this lower astral uh, realm, to control us, 
they have to keep us in a low vibrational state, not least because they feed off our energy that we give off when we're in that state, but also because it keeps us entrapped. They want to keep us in the five senses. They want our sense of the world, our sense of self, and our sense of possibility all to be filtered through the five senses. And if you, if you look at how the five senses decode the world, I'm looking at you now, I'm looking at a camera, a light, another camera, and... An aircon that doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. And I'm seeing empty space between them. So the five senses only pick up the frequency of what we call things, forms. It doesn't pick up the frequency of the energy that's actually connecting everything, what I call the field. Um, it only sees things as apart from everything else. And the foundation of the um, modus operandi of this demonic uh, group, which manifests in this reality as the global cult, and all that, uh, that comes from that, um, is um, to separate five sense, what I call body-mind, that decodes and experiences this reality, from expanded levels of consciousness. And everything that they do is about separation. You come down even to lockdown and social distancing. It's separation, separation. Working from home, separation, separation. Um, targeting things where communities come together, separation, separation. And then look into the night sky. See all those lights all those stars, all those planets, and then ponder on the fact that when you do that, you're seeing a tiny, tiny part of what's called the universe. And um, there's something called the Fermi paradox, which is after a guy called Fermi who first asked the question, where are the bloody aliens, right? Where are the aliens? Where, where are the non-humans that you would expect? Why, why has life only evolved on this billionth of a pinhead? Well, if you're putting together a simulation, and the simulation is about giving your target entrapped population a sense of separation, a sense of apartness, a sense of aloneness, then you're not going to create a simulation for them to experience, which is teeming with life and interacting with other levels of life and expanding your, your perception as a result. You want them to think they're alone. And the reason for the Fermi paradox, where are, why don't we interact with, with, with other forms of non-human life, is because they're not meant to be there because it's a simulation and it's created to keep us in a state of, or a, a perceptual state of apartness, aloneness and separation. And so the answer to these other levels of the matrix that I explore and expose in the book um, is the same as to escape this it's to um, reach an understanding, a self-perception, a self-identity that we are 
expressions of all that is, has been and ever can be. That actually everything is one and we are part of that oneness. There is no separation. The separation is manipulated illusion. And when you self-identify with that level of uh, self-identity, your frequency automatically expands because you are expanding your sense of self, your sense of self-identity, your sense of who you are, and thus you are expanding, as a result, the frequency you're resonating on, which uh, expands as your perception of self expands. And that's the worst nightmare. You know, people can talk, Gaz, about stockpiling weapons and fighting the enemy. And, you know, I'm, I've been quite... Um, obviously uh, pushing back on this for a long time. But in the end, if we're going to get streetwise about what the trap is, which is what the book's about, then we get streetwise about how we get out of the trap. And we can. It's um, the fact that we're in one is all manipulated. The, the, when the powers that be, they've gone from attacking you, mocking you, saying that you were dangerous, banning you, um, now it seems they're not even acknowledging you, they're just flat out ignoring you. So, so let's have a look at what they might be frightened of. These are not random events that we're looking at. These have been planned for a very, very long time. The Global Warming Survival Handbook by David de Rothschild. Bollocks begets bollocks. Once you have the fact that human activity is not changing the climate in the way they say, then everything that comes from that must be bollocks. But what I have been saying for the best part of 30 years is they are planning an enormous economic crash. And I've been saying it even more since 2008. Because 2008 seemed a bit of a, be a nightmare. What they want is something that would make 2008 look like, you know, a Sunday school tea party. Watch the word smart. Big red alert. Smart is the buzzword of Agenda 21. It talks about smart meters, smart grids, smart cities, human settlement zones. Dr. Richard Day in 1969, what did he tell those doctors? Boys and girls are going to be made the same. This is what is happening. Children as young as 13 to be asked whether they are gender fluid, demigirl or intersex. 25 different genders to choose from. Oh yeah, let's confuse them. Well, unless we start realizing what this is really about, there will only be binary. Uh, and I've been saying this, my, when did I first write this? About 1993. They want a, a cashless society, a digital cashless society, one world currency, which has phenomenal um, implications for freedom. They want rid of cash. People say you see a conspiracy everywhere. I don't. I see one conspiracy with loads of different expressions of itself. Do you believe then that the reason they're ignoring you basically is because they don't, they don't want to make people aware of, of what you've said previously that's come true because it's going to give you more validity? Well, exactly that. I mean, they tried to um, destroy me through ridicule. Then they tried to destroy me through abuse and demonization. And now, as you quite rightly say, they ignore me. And that's, um, that's a compliment, really, because if they point 
people in my direction, oh, look at this nutter, look at this, and they look at what I've said compared with what's happening. I mean, if you look at current events, I, I've been saying, as you know, for 20 years or more, that the, the plan is to pitch the West against Russia and China in a global conflict. And now we've had the moron Kamala Harris, the Vice President of the United States, sent to Ukraine to poke Russia in the chest before the invasion by saying Ukraine should join NATO, right? Well, send the boys in then. And now we've had this uh, moron um, Nancy Pelosi sent to Taiwan to poke the Chinese in the chest. Uh, we're already the West at war with Russia via Ukraine. And now they, they want to get China going. Um, and, you know, I was saying that this was the plan like more than 20 years ago. Why? Because I'm not predicting the future. I've been predicting the projected future if nothing is done to change it. In other words, I've been predicting what the plan is for the world. And if nothing intervenes in that plan, then that's what unfolds. And people say, he's predicted the future. No, I've told you what the plan was. Nothing intervenes, so it's, it, that's what's happening. And one of the great things now, Gaz, not least through you know what we're doing and, and others are doing, is that it's becoming harder for them to impose the plan while the while great numbers of people are completely in ignorance of what's going on and I, I, I did uh, smile this week when I saw a clip from Anthony Fauci complaining that because of anti-vaxxers and misinformation and people are tired of COVID that that people weren't doing what they're told anymore and that was a great sign you know if he's not happy I'm delirious Absolutely. Well, I would recommend the book to anyone at home. I've, I'm, I'm four chapters from the end, and so I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So I'll continue with that. But cheers for coming in, Dad. Cheers, mate. And we, we, we're doing a, an audio version as well. We are. That will be ready in, in probably be out in a couple of weeks, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. So that's fantastic. Great. Thanks, mate. Hello, I'm Jamie Icke, CEO and founder of Iconic. People regularly ask me, why do we charge for our services? Well, the answer is simple. The ambition here is to build the biggest independent media platform in the world with the highest production standards. We recently introduced a brand new $7.99 pricing plan to make Iconic affordable for all. For just a couple of cups of coffee a month, you can access the world's premier media source. Take out a seven day free trial today and come and see what Iconic has to offer.